0: You are listening to iRadio TT, online, all the time. Welcome to Music Matters, the Caribbean edition.
1: The podcast series featuring news, interviews and analysis
2: of all the music from the islands.
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Music Matters,
2: the Caribbean edition. I'm Laura Dorridge Phillips,
0: and I'm Nigel Campbell. And once again, we're talking about the business of music in the Caribbean.
2: And this is our special Carnival series, the Soca, so-ca S- session. And today we are delving into the hot topic about the marketing of soca music.
0: Because we need to do that.
2: Yes, it's
0: not just simply about a record we actually have to do things
2: yes we do and joining us today i'm so excited to Can have my good a friend simon batiste simon batiste is the founder of a question mark entertainment among several other businesses but that's the one he's most known for and they are the management for kest the band among others so simon welcome to music matters
1: i uh, thank you for having me on the program really appreciate being here you guys
0: wonderful so Simon, <laughs> let us know everything about you know. How do you found Question Mark Entertainment? How do you get into the music business? Because as far as I'm concerned, you want to define our minds and trend in terms of the music business. So sell yourself. Wow,
1: I, I'm I'm appreciative of your kind comments. Um, and you are always, uh,
0: always humble. I like that about you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um what, what I will tell you all is what you probably already know, but the audience may may not be aware of. I I got into music. Um, by uh, chance, really. I was in Los Angeles, um, uh, all prepared to become a filmmaker. Mm. And uh, as fate would have it, um, I recognized that I... Didn't have anything working for me in terms of, let's say, families involved in the business, so there was no nepotism. Yes. Uh, LA is a very union-oriented city, mm-hmm. and um, I couldn't get more than just like production assistant work on film sets, etc. And a friend of mine working in a, publishing, a music publishing company calls me one day and says, Listen, um, there's a job opening up in a company next to me. It's uh, a company that deals in music management. I mm-hmm. um, think it would be great if you came across here and, and gave it a, a whirl, so to speak. Mm. And I uh, took his advice because when you have, you know, a few canned foods left remaining <laughs> in your cupboard, <laughs> I, you better figure out a way to fix that situation. Um, and I went there and I, I met with the, uh, the CEO of, of the firm and I said, hey, I'll tell you something. I I really just want to be involved in film, not not trying to kill my chances at this Mm -hmm. job. It was really just an assistant job. But the fact was that, you know, he he looks at me, and I I learned my first lesson then and there Mm -hmm. about the art of BSing people. (laughs) Because what he needed was he he was looking for someone that he considered, I guess, to be bright and and ambitious and all those various qualities they're looking for Mm. to be an assistant. Mm -hmm. And he said, that is exactly our plan this company. We plan to go into film mm. Eventually mm. <laughs> And I I Bought it You know Hook, line, hook, sinker. and, sinker. Um, and sucker is born uh, every day <laughs> Yeah <laughs> That's right That's right And uh But you know it, it was one of the The best things that happened Since that Uh I, I started working for this gentleman, his name John Dukakis, who was managing the time Boys to Men at the, the height of their success. They oh. just... Uh, what year was this? Uh, 1995 or six.
0: Okay.
1: Maybe 96, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they had just released the album two. Mm-hmm. So like 20 million albums at the time anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, I, 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 you know, immediately uh, got thrown into this world that was way different than what I had, had ever experienced. Right
0: into the deep end. Oh, my God. In the biggest music uh, market yeah, in the world. Yeah, absolutely. A good trading ground.
1: And one that you you learn very quickly about people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the people that you surround yourselves with, so to speak. But um, that was where it all started for me. And then um, beyond that, uh, I, I knew after working for just roughly two years that uh, I wanted something more, Mm -hmm. And I wanted to also, uh, you know, I I wanted to figure out a way of of how to get back into my roots. And uh, a vacation, which was meant to be a vacation, I came out of Trinidad, ended up being an experience in which I said, you know what, I'd finally remove myself from that place because LA is a totally to different mindset that you can imagine mm-hmm. um you know i mean people time. oh my <laughs> god and, and everyone is lying to you mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. something right mm-hmm. but then it, it, it gave me a chance to say hey you know i, I want to do something different but it ended up being like came back to trinidad only to get a job in jamaica mm. for main street records uh where i got involved in special projects touring management that sort of thing and I had a chance to work with artists like Red Rat, General Degree. Uh, we went on tour with different artists who are now up and coming. Uh, Sean Paul. Um, uh, the
0: deep end of the, uh, the biggest. Uh, yeah. So let me understand something. Um, your LA experience, I guess, a, a year or two. How many years were in LA? Uh, just roughly two years. In two LA. years in LA. Gathered as much experience as you can. And then you came back to the Caribbean. Yeah. And started in Jamaica. Started in Jamaica. Where mm. I learned,
1: so all the time I was in an office. And then now... I was able to transition from the office to on the road. Mm-hmm. So I spent roughly the same amount of time, I guess, on the road working with these artists and getting these experiences that I never even thought about at the time because you're, mm-hmm. always, you know, back then it was all about what happened within the U.S., right? Yes. Um, and here now I had a chance to tour pretty much you know, Africa, Asia, Europe with these guys and, and have a combination of tours. that included people like Buju Banton who I spent... Mm-hmm uh out, I think uh, we spent several weeks out in Japan and and other places so I really got to, to get an understanding of where Caribbean music was and where it could go
0: that's a, that's a, yeah. that is amazing experience that you got there as a young I first time yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what led you to back to Trinidad and and, and to Soca
0: that in itself
2: is like
1: like everything else you know I say god has a plan mm. No, uh, uh, however, you want to attribute it, the the universe, etc. Well, what happened was naturally you just can't make this stuff up. the The person who ran the company, uh, Main Street Records, Danny Brownie, uh, someone who I, I have always had a tremendous respect for, mm-hmm. he decided that he was going to go into gospel music, and he basically. You know, this camp of of all these incredible artists, you know, Buccaneer and and all the uh, Hawkeye and just tons of of acts that were just so impressive. He basically parted ways with them because he felt that the music he was doing wasn't it didn't suit the you know where he wanted to take his life spiritually. Mm. And at that point, you know, uh, I actually, you know, went to. Uh, I think his name is Jeremy Harding. I may have his name wrong. At the time, you, I think that was the, the the manager for Sean Paul and mm-hmm. said, Hey, you have any jobs? <laughs> um, and this was before Sean broke. But mm-hmm. anyway, they, they at the time said, No, we're small. And, you know, it was just a very brief conversation I had with him. And I think I had that conversation in London mm. uh, when we knew it was kind of unraveling, so to speak. Uh, anyway, and then I was like, You know what? Okay, let me go back home. And I w- came back home. At, at, at this time, I was I actually had a, a network going. Yes. And I, we were working with artists. We were working with Magadan, Precious, and, and a few others. And that's mm-hmm. how I was able to get Magadan to do... Who is now M- MX Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. Magadan to Maximus Dan uh, yes. to MX Prime, M-X Prime yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were able to cut... I think, I, I want to say we were the first or one of the first Trinidadian... Artist to cut a track on a rhythm mm-hmm. Back then I think KMC would have done it Right after us If I'm not mistaken Okay That's excellent You know um, uh, A song that was on the same Rhythm as uh, Vegas mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When he did Heads High I mm-hmm. believe it was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know um, So I mean We were even back then 20 years ago We were still finding ways of, of Hey how do we get our artist in the mix Innovating almost Well I think the whole process, at the time, you don't look at it as innovation. You look at it as you're hustling to make something (laughs) happen productively, right? Yeah. Um, But I guess, in a sense, you could say back then, you know, uh, there were things about it that Mm. that made us innovators, right?
2: Looking at what you used to do back then and looking at the industry today, it seems to me that people are still hustling. <laughs> do you see a difference in what we people are doing now to what you all were doing then? Have you seen growth and evolution at all in the industry? Well,
1: it, it was a totally different time period. I don't want to sound like I'm like old and foggy or whatever. But you said twenty
0: years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 20 years. I do that. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. But but I mean, think about it. Back then, we we didn't have Instagram, Facebook, social media, yeah, social media the internet again, yeah. like it, it it is today, mm-hmm. etc. So there were a lot of things that that weren't there. CDs used to sell, Mm -hmm. right? Red Rat had uh, a CD that sold hundreds of thousands of copies at a time. I mean, it was just a different, different time period, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, TV was still very much the norm. Uh, Connections I had helped us get to in places. Stacey Salmon, who a Trini. Mm -hmm. Back then, she she had worked for BT and, and we were able to get some... Features there, so it was just a whole different dynamic. But Trinidad mm-hmm. at the time was really way behind. So when we when I came back and and started managing couple acts, uh, precious Maximus, Diamond Cut, Jason Lee, Super Child, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I mean, all, all you know, all these different acts that were were also great and very talented. Mm-hmm. We would call people because after a couple of years, I joined forces with Carolyn, Carolyn Paget, Paget. my 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 business partner mm-hmm. for life right my, okay. I always make sure it's my second wife <laughs> um, and uh the the thing is um when we we went into business and and represented these acts and we called people they were like a manager the, the concept of of management was very foreign it was to alien people. to them yeah oh, absolutely wow. wow. So um, and this was how many years ago? This Twenty years ago. Jesus but, Christ! But Trinidad mm. w- was still very much back then, and took a while. And I would like to think we were part of the process of of mm-hmm. helping it evolve. Everyone wanted to talk to the artists. They still do to they a certain still do. extent.
0: Yes. Uh huh.
1: But they're they're more custom and understanding of the idea than artist has a manager mm-hmm. or an agent.
0: And as I said, I think one of the things that I discovered about you is that you are actually a manager. Yes. Right. They're glorified booking agents that we do have in the industry, but I have to admit that you are a manager. And without trying to to, to rush this, I know that of course, one of the biggest acts is Case different Devandala. Right. That early experience that you had with Magadan, pressures, etc. Right. The, um. At what point did Kess come into the your, to, into your, your to talent the pool? Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, to the, Let me see. We got involved with Kess
1: about 2005, but we'd we'd obviously known about his his talent.
0: Prior to that. As a pop artist? Uh, uh,
1: um, or, yes, correct. Uh, Rhythm Araya, I believe mm-hmm. it was, uh, as a band, and then they got involved with uh, Image. Image and Company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Um, and, well, I guess the best way to put it, at that point in time, we had really just worked with a lot of solo acts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we've never done the band thing. Yes. So the whole dynamic of Kess is different.
0: Um, How is we, it different as a manager? I mean, is it just because you are dealing with more humans, or is it? Absolutely, there's it, well, a lot
1: more personalities involved in the mix, and, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot more things to coordinate. You know? When you're mm-hmm. dealing with one artist, it's just that mm-hmm. person, That's right? Person. That you're dealing gotcha. with. Now you have to deal with the engineer and the, mm-hmm. the you know the person, the stage tech, and uh, you know the musicians. And uh, so it, but you know.
0: before you continue, did cast come in? Like um, you just mentioned, stage tech and my and mm-hmm. engineer. Did he come in as a complete band with all those elements or you put no, those together? No, there was a,
1: a lot of, of, of learning and development for both parties. Okay. Right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, credit Kess and his brothers, uh, Jan and, and Hans, with the ability to, to also find people that worked mm-hmm. for the band Mm -hmm. um and and i think management is uh, and and artists have to work hand in hand so there were things that we did too that i think or i'd like to think contributed to the success of the band obviously Mm -hmm. in terms of the development and and understanding the dna and the dynamics right so Mm -hmm. you know there sometimes it would have been a recommendation for a musician you know like an aaron vereen who who brought in percussions years Mm -hmm. later or sometimes it was for people that we may have known that that Contributed to just the the actual fabric, right? And, and the working space of it. Mm. But again, those guys, you know, more than we did, I think, were able to find who really, you know, made that band family like they mm. have. Mm. Uh, what we've tried to do as management is really try to help them attain their goals
0: locally, regionally, mm. internationally. internationally. Um, they set the goals or you in collaboration of them, set goals?
1: I think it, it, it it's a, a process of some form of handshaking that goes on. I mean, they, they, they may say, hey, we want to do X, Y, and Z, and then mm-hmm. we may bring the reality of what it is mm-hmm. that we can achieve yeah. or can't achieve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and no one wants to tell anyone that they have to set bars, right? Yeah. That, yes. It, it's, but the fact is that... Um, you have to introduce reality into the,
0: well, I'm, you know, space. I'm happy that you're able yeah. to say that.
2: Now, kesty Mann is a good um, case study when it comes to, you know, trying to get our music out there. I know he had some sort of label deal. Um, I can't remember the, was it? with Workshop. wedo Workshop. And, you know, he always, there's always that kind of international appeal about, the band about Kess himself that people always felt that, you know, if, were, if there was anybody from Trinidad that would probably break through it would I, probably be Kess. I had told Simon this
0: in our conversation that the next big act out of Trinidad would, would be, be Kess. Kes. And yes. his
2: music is not... It doesn't sound like soca, you know, in, in in the raw sense. It does a very... There's kind some of pop of sensibilities it. there. There's right. some pop
0: sensibilities there, and I think there may have been a, a purposeful reason to appeal to an abroad right. audience. Right,
2: so that's what I'm getting at. So, in in marketing the band, the personality, the music was the strategy to create a sound that is not obviously tied to a festival that could have a mainstream appeal. Because I know at one time you all were labeling it um, island pop and not really soca. And I know there's been a... You know, we've interviewed people here pop, who've, who've, <laughs> who've come up with genres of music, subgenres mm-hmm. of soca. Mm-hmm. That they don't call soca. They've called it by other names. Eucalypto. So
0: Caribbean a, dif-
2: a Caribbean sound of a different mm-hmm. name would be more successful in getting out there and, and marketing anything.
0: And the so talk to us rolling, about the so strategy
2: tropical house. with the band.
1: <laughs> you know, this is a, a, a direction we're going to take which could be... <laughs> pretty tense and controversial in terms of, of uh, if we want to be real with our topics right mm. um, and and uh, I, I want to in a sense give make a disclaimer here and we understand that what we're saying is not to anger anyone but it, mm-hmm. it's just that we we need to really sit down and understand what we're dealing with here it, it, so there are f- a few things we need to take into consideration yes. one is that there are six billion plus people on this planet Mm -hmm. right okay so there are a lot of us right correct the the music industry right in terms of our our global stars right maybe there are let's say a hundred of them right 100 right global music stars quite true right okay Mm -hmm. all right let's go back to this six billion people on the planet a hundred global music stars so what does that tell you Well, well here's what it tells me it tells me that Uh, basically there may be a lot of people on this planet with talent, but the fact is that the economy in regards to the music business is set up in such a way that
0: there's very limited space available for people to make it and break through. Keep it real, Simon, keep it real. Tell them what they need to hear. (laughs) Not everyone will be a star. I just said that. uh, That, Those are, those are Nigel Campbell's words. Those are not Simon Petit's words. uh, But you go ahead.
1: But the reality is that's, much what I'm saying. I
0: mean um,
1: uh, there is a lot of talent out there and Trinidad and Tobago is blessed with a lot of talent mm-hmm. but um, I think the, the first thing we have to look at is the reality of the situation. It's highly competitive and even when you look at the stars that have made it, right mm-hmm. look at where the record labels are in association with the the, the stars that have gotten the radio airplay Lincoln Park. Right. And no one just going outside the realms of Soka for no some problem. Lincoln Park lived down the road from the A and R executive that discovered them in LA. Okay. Right? I mean pretty much every person that you find mm-hmm. right they're within reach. So when you have a, a form of music, be it pop, hip hop r&b you know anything Mm -hmm. that you think that stretches to that right the the gatekeepers the ones who in control Mm -hmm. will the first thing i'm going to tell you is why am i going to spend my money to go all the way out there to develop an act Mm -hmm. right you know when i have all these people here in my backyard so what they're probably going to say to you is yes they are those cases Mm -hmm. right I mean, you know, very yeah, very few cases. But Rihanna had to be imported into right? America. But keep but, going. But right, exactly. They have to be brought over, and and then they have to be prepared to stay there and work mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and go through the grind. So that's that's one one level that we could talk about. The second thing is let's talk about the soca music thing. All right, soca music. I love it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we all share a, a common yes. passion and yeah. love for it. But here's the thing about soca music. Right. Uh, I, I keep on hearing, oh, well, you know, uh, we're doing so well, we're touring, we're hitting all these places. I don't understand wh- why it isn't, you know, working out. Why haven't we gone there yet? Well, well let's look at numbers again, right? Um, the, the English-speaking Caribbean probably accounts for several million mm-hmm. yes. people, right? Okay. Alright, so then I will have some people say, but look at how Pitbull is doing and look at how these artists are doing. They're doing reggaeton, etc., etc. Okay. All right. Um, But let's take from the, the, the Spanish side of it there are 200 million people I think in Mexico alone yes right more yeah. than 100 million I, okay. if, if it reaches 200 it, it, fine but it, it, yes I, I, I mean I large, be, numbers, yeah, yes. I large numbers yes large numbers right? mm-hmm. so what I'm trying to get at is when you start talking about why does Sony have a Latin American version that's because mm-hmm. right it, they have you know a billion plus people yeah. that mm-hmm. they're looking to cater to we have a few million people to cater to and our few million aren't buying they're not buying they right? never will
0: they never will <laughs> Right,
1: so reggae and dancehall, okay, that got further, but that has a
0: history that works for it. Let me just posit this. Mm-hmm. Chris Blackwell was just, you talk about somebody who was just down the road. Mm-hmm. Chris Blackwell being in England, Bob Marley being abandoned in England and saying, hey, I want to make a record and deal that initial deal. Chris Blackwell can also walk through the corridors of the music industry. And I posit that Chris Blackwell is the most important person in the explosion of reggae. Mm-hmm. More so than Bob Marley Because he's, he's behind the music Bob right. was the star No two about it right. Soca music Calypso music Didn't have that no. We had a an element of it for A whiff of it In 1956 with Belafonte And then our local acts Complained Well he's not a real calypsonian. And he said Okay fine no problem Well will come and do it And then Elvis released his record And as, as they say Rock and roll took over At that point right. But having somebody You're correct In that It's about relationships The Music industry Is about relationships Who you know And who know you mm-hmm. Continue Yeah. No. So I mean, these are the challenges that we
1: face. So I mean, I I think what it is is that for some reason, you know, we we've gone in in our heads that hey, you know, um, uh, we should be on the same level of platform as these guys, Mm -hmm. but. You know, we we have to understand that that foundation that their music was built on is a way different foundation to the ones that that, that we are standing on today, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of hard work to do, mm-hmm. you know,
2: and and that is the the the, the bottom line. So tell me about the work you think we have to do. Because I know, you know, we did, in discussing, in this podcast, we talk a lot about the business of music and we talk about a lot of the the training and development mm-hmm. and things yeah, that artists need to do on their side. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Simon, I know Simon is also the founder of Decibel, which has a new incarnation, but in its earliest days, it was about educating artists about the music industry. And I actually remember when you brought down... um I can't remember the guy's name. It was some record executive, and he spoke about that that there are only one percent of people in the music industry who's actually going to make it. Mm-hmm. He he spoke about this. So I know you've 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 done a lot of work trying to invest in getting artists to invest in their careers in a sensible way. So tell us what what do you think are some of the things that we need to do that we are not doing that we need to do? Where do we fall short? Well, I, I think we 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 kind of just have to sit
1: back and and look at what the marketplace is like and recognize that a lot of it starts with being able to uh, find the collaborations that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been trying them, right, throughout the years. Um, but but I, I think the best way to reach a global audience is really and truly to find partners that mm-hmm. can help us get, you know, spread the word of the music out there. And the reality is that the music in those cases may have to change they may it may have to water down somewhat it the things sensibilities to it mm-hmm. to reaching you know a a global audience that you are going to have to consider right um so i think it 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 starts with the 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 type of music the production of the music because let's not fool ourselves we we're still very much a seasonal right uh festival music uh, festival music mm-hmm. type thing that's going on right people People are doing the same thing every year and have been doing it for decades, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're prepping the music for for that particular time period, yeah. right? Um, which is great, but um, we need to find a way to uh, transition it out of that mm-hmm. into something beyond Ash Wednesday, Fair right? Mm-hmm. But I think the, the challenge with that is you... You get a taste of that, meaning the success of what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And then you do what, what we call our touring, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so you hit, you know, 30, 40 carnival type events throughout the world. Mm-hmm. You know, for the the average artist who's never experienced anything like that before, but then goes through that, it it is like a drug. You're hooked to it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's much harder now for you to really sit down and say you know what i'm going to take a couple months out to really work on developing my music no no one wants to talk about that what they're going to talk about is you know i need to figure out my next next hitters so that Mm -hmm. i can you know make the kind of revenue streams that i Mm -hmm. did this year past Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it, it and i say it's like a drug because it 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 it's quite addictive once you have recognized the formula for what it is and, mm-hmm. and creating or making yourself relevant. Yes. Right? And being able to capitalize on it. And that's what artists are doing now. They they they're trying to find ways of making themselves relevant every every uh carnival uh-huh. so that they can be in the big fets and the big yeah. shows and yeah. then that
0: translates to them working working circuit the circuit and that, of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um with regards and I'm gonna sorry about this focus on Kess, but I remember at one point Kess was effectively a pop artist. He was singing songs in August that had no notion of festival um, festival music. And there was a kind of transition where Fest became a soccer artist. And today in Trinidad, he's like in the top three in terms of core artists. We know he's number one, we know he's number two, maybe. But we definitely in the top two or three. And... Um, and you know, I heard what you just said about sometimes you have to, you know, dilute the music, or, or modify the sound, and it happened throughout. Everybody has an indigenous song, even reggae dance was slightly tweaked to make it appeal to the the large audiences that we're looking for. In terms of um the the in terms of what you're doing with Kes, in terms of that sound, and what you've been doing in terms of his career, in terms of your dealings with possible labels or potential potential r persons and something. How is, that how is that working out? Because, as I said, we kind of predicted, wrongly maybe, some years ago that Kes would be the next big thing. The big thing may not have happened as yet, but there have been some other persons who are seemingly getting a lot of buzz and that kind of stuff. And I say, why is Kes still here? It, what, how difficult, how easy is it to make that step, certainly for a Caribbean artist, with the connections that you do have? Well, I mean, and, and there's some
1: there, there are a lot of different answers to it. I mean, first of all, let's talk about Kes. Uh, mm-hmm. they, from a creative standpoint, that that has really been a lot of Kes. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Carolyn, no, I can take credit for that. He has evolved as an artist. Mm-hmm. He's he's an incredible talent, mm-hmm. and uh, he's the one who goes into the studio and and, and writes, you know, the material, etc. Now, Kes. Um, is still very open to doing different music. And mm-hmm. if he finds something that he likes, he's gonna do it. Mm-hmm. So I still think he thinks of himself as an artist versus being a soaker artist. That's right?
0: so fair enough. Yes.
1: Um so nothing's gonna change that. I mean just very recently he did a song called Combine, which was mm-hmm. a track done by Clinton Sparks who's done music from every for everyone from Lady Gaga to M- uh, Eminem.
2: It gives me life, yeah Can't get enough of your supply For you, for you, I testify, yeah you're the one who gets me high. You're the one who gets me
1: high. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, he, he is always willing to go there with his
0: music. What's the name yeah. of that song he yeah, had some years ago? Was it Bubbles? I- Balloon. Balloons. Balloons. <laughs> so, well, he did Balloons with <laughs> the record like label. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so, here's the thing. I mean, uh. Uh, I'll tell you what I think management fits into the, this picture. And we're talking about marketing, marketing and, and, and understanding these yes. things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the, the fact is that. Um, and so you understand a little bit of the history.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When we first met with the the producers and writers, they, we did an album that never got released that was a completely different album. Mm-hmm. It was an album, in my opinion, and I'm just speaking for me personally, mm-hmm. that I thought was the hit album, was the album that, that we're all talking about. It was yeah. a club album. Mm-hmm. It was an album that basically... Uh, was a mixture of that sort of island sensibility, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was something you could uh, groove to in, in any you know club, mm-hmm. right? And we had ten tracks that we played for different people. In fact, uh, we've everyone from Jonathan Mannion, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the celebrity photographer, mm-hmm. all these different people passed through, and it was a studio that had you know Mariah Carey and all these acts coming through as well. So d- this was before we had a workshop but it was the same guys who were in charge of the workshop right right? yes and they'd written songs for bruno mars and all these guys so you you can imagine what i'm talking about when i said that this particular you know feel of album Mm -hmm. i really felt like this was the album this was the album man Mm -hmm. we even had Coen dubois come in and work on a track along Mm -hmm. with the guys from full full blown for yeah. grown entertainment. Yeah, for right. grown entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also a marvelous, you know, uh, uh, brothers, uh, uh, talented brothers. Cohen is two.
0: one of your clients also? Uh,
1: well, Cohen is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to think he's a good friend of mine. Um, <laughs> but the fact is that uh, uh, he's he's we're here if he, you know he needs something He he's managed by his wife shelly that's a diplomatic <laughs> answer yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so we we went and we cut this album and man let me tell you we were like oh god this this we really felt like this is it and then this is the you oh, how quickly things change right the the producers and, and writers of the album uh parted ways with the business partner who was like the mm. The man of business so to speak mm. in the fold and then next thing you know we get a call and it's like hey you know we're going to set up this thing called Weirdo workshop it's a new label forget mm. the old thing we're not doing that we ended up scrapping that album which had me like for the first time i think ever close to tears wow and then we went and we did this album which was way left field mm-hmm. so to speak in regards to its what music and they came and they did a session. They came to Trinidad, they brought it in, and they played the music. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is way different to <laughs> what I remembered. Very, but... Sounds very <laughs> underwhelming. <laughs> well, I mean, look, at the time that we heard it, you know, there, there there was some music on it that obviously that hasn't been released that that I also thought was great. But Will it ever be released? I doubt it. Okay, go ahead. Um, neither album. And mm. the fact is that this is the, the thing you, you have to be aware of. Um, your your life is gonna take different uh, different paths, different lanes. You're gonna mm-hmm. be you know bobbing and weaving, right? And mm-hmm. I meeting all sorts of of individuals who who you know uh, sell you different things that you're gonna buy into. And and to be quite honest, sometimes no matter how smart you are, you you're gonna get fooled. Sometimes you know it's gonna work out, and sometimes it doesn't. Mm. But out of that mess, in a sense, right? and when I say mess in terms of you know it it, it didn't work out in in any way we imagined it Mm -hmm. you know Kes became a better soaker artist and what I mean by that is one who really understood him his voice his sound his writing his lyrics etc and that's what created a song like Hello which to me it may not have broken out internationally yet that was a bigger song I'm saying that but the, the fact is that you never know what's going to happen a year or two from now. Mm-hmm. And testament to that is um, Clifton Dillon, a.k.a. Specialist, handles an artist by name of Omi. Omi, yes. And I'm good friends with, with, with Specialist. And four years prior to that being a hit, he played it for me. And I mm-hmm. thought... Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> that was song Cheerleader, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? He no, saw something no. in it, mm-hmm. and then someone, a European producer, yeah. saw something Alec in it. Channis, yeah. Um, yeah, I believe so. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. then Ultra Felix Music mm-hmm. under Patrick Moxie, I yeah. believe, was the one who signed it and
2: they put it out there. Yeah. So, number one in the chats. That is interesting because. I mean, I, I, while you're talking, I'm wondering if the rate at which we put out music is hampering our abilities. Because usually when a star makes it, you're right, they make it on a song that's been around for a while. People are singing the same song for like five years before it could hit number one on a billboard. Um, so, the, But, but in, in the Caribbean, we demand every festival, every carnival season that our artists have fresh new songs. You're only as good as the new song that you put out. Is that hampering our abilities to help Soka break through, you think?
1: I don't think it helps us, to be honest. Because if you're pressing a reset button, you know, every year, mm-hmm. um, you yourself are giving up on the same music that, that you know, you're, you're championing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like this. Uh, cheerleader, they kept on at it, at it, at it, at it, until it broke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact is a lot of music is like that. Uh, Who Let the Dogs Out was a song... Anselm Douglas did, then uh, Steve Greenberg, you know, love fell in love with the track. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think John Michel helped get it into his, his hands it. originally, mm-hmm. and then you know he, he set up whatever it was, the, the Baha Men. Mm-hmm. But look at that timeline as well. That took a couple of years before so that. Th- then so did, became um, more international. Felix,
0: what's his name? Um, Kevin Little the song. Kevin Little two, two years after. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Kevin Little as well.
1: Uh, it's almost like you know he. Too kept on pushing, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, and 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 that's because of of reasons that we don't have to get to on this mm-hmm. this program. Uh, you you find the industry also when you have success can also turn against you, yeah, mm-hmm. all right. Um, but the fact is, right? Look at look at what happened in all those situations. It took a couple years for it to work out. So I think that Laura may be onto something. Mm. I, I feel as if you know. We challenge ourselves every year to to produce new music and great music. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, regardless of what you're doing to push it, like yes, you're gonna perform it in a set, and I get that. But if that was your only thing mm-hmm. that you could push,
2: mm-hmm.
1: at the end of the day, you know, looking at the, the timelines, you may have more success with a hit song mm-hmm. two or three years later if that's all you focused on um JW and Blaze did a song called Palance, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying they gave up on it, but the reality is, you know, they had to develop another song for the next year, etc. Mm-hmm.
0: so come on. I right, I all that so, stuff. Yeah.
1: But that song. Mm-hmm. And we've been to festivals in Belgium. You know, uh, I'm talking about not soccer festivals. Yeah, yeah. Huh? I'm music festivals. festivals. Mm-hmm. Music festivals. Yes. World music festivals, pop festivals, reggae festivals. And that song is played. Mm-hmm. And kill the dancer.
2: Flatten mm-hmm. it. Wow.
0: Right? But no one
2: knows who sings the song.
0: Yeah, because they're not promoting it themselves. No. Yeah.
2: Right? And you know, I felt like they missed such a good opportunity when Beyonce did the Palance yes. dance. Yeah. At that point, mm-hmm. they should have just zeroed in and... Hit that song to death, dead, dead, yes. Because she has such a global she, but but it's following.
0: The, well, it wasn't on the video, but uh, yeah, you're yeah, right. It
2: was on YouTube. It was. It went viral. Well, she made she
0: made her live video, and there was some excerpts yeah. from the Trinidad concert, but that wasn't part. Of, but that clearly was a kind of threshold level for, for yeah. breaking us out, but potentially.
2: It, but as as Simon said, what it comes down to, I guess, for for artists is really deciding what you want. Do you want to just be able to eat a food mm-hmm. in Trinidad? in the short term mm-hmm. or squeeze out the career for as much as you could because you need to eat you want to buy a house etc or do you want to stick with it for the long term and really push being able to to withstand the barren days until you strike gold somehow
0: I have to just I have to just interject and say that um, one of the things about the, the global music market is it's really segmented mm-hmm. so that you can have a hit in Japan and nowhere else a western artist that is can have mm-hmm. a hit in Japan and nowhere else and vice versa. The examples you gave about Omi and, and Kevin Little and the Bahamen with songs that we know are like, we were years old, right? And I think, if you have a hit and you know you have a hit, you're quite correct. That artist supposed to work that hit to debt to debt to debt, Because sooner or later, the international market, wherever that market is, will come around if that's what they have to do.
2: Yeah, somebody will pay attention. The
0: examples that you actually gave, though, of, as we all know, are all remixes and one, one cover, two remixes and a cover. So there's some value added by those international markets. Right, um, Felix Jean was a remix. Kevin Little had a Spraga Benz remix on it. Um, Fireball. <laughs> Bob Sinclair was a remix, right? And so that the idea of the international players adding a little value added to that is something that we shouldn't really run from. But I'm, I'm thinking that that connection, and I keep coming back to the thing about connections, what yep. you've been doing throughout the, this podcast is you've been calling names. That means you know people, and that is something that I'm not confident that a lot of managers locally do have more power to. you For that, no, no. no what what
1: I will say is, look, I mean, the, the things we, that everyone has to understand, right? Mm-hmm. And you said it at the beginning of this program. You, ha- this thing is built on relationships, yeah. right? I mm-hmm. don't, I don't stay in Trinidad my entire year, right? I don't go on tour with the band either. Mm-hmm. My, what I do now is I travel for business reasons and Mm -hmm. even if i travel on vacation which is very rare Mm -hmm. my wife will tell you i'm still (laughs) analyzing the scene where where i go so Mm -hmm. it it, you you constantly as a manager have to put in the work and understand that you need to make these connections you you need to build on it Mm -hmm. and sometimes the artists are going to get frustrated and they're not going to understand the city value because they're not in office with you right Mm -hmm. every day to understand what you're going through. I I I go through it with Kess where I'm sure there have been, uh, you know, many times, a multitude of times where he's just been absolutely frustrated with, with mm. Carolyn and I. Probably more <laughs> me than Carolyn, <laughs> you know. Carolyn's hey, a, a beautiful woman. She probably, mm. you know, uh, get uh, off. and her yeah. intelligence allows mm-hmm. her to get away with many more things than, than I do. Mm. But but the reality is that the, the connections that are made, Will Smith taking a stage, yes. right, with him. Mm-hmm. right that didn't just happen like that mm-hmm. you know that that was something in which thank god i i i have a, a good friendship with with scott sardina mm-hmm. right um scott sardina and i work on the decibel festival together mm-hmm. it took us we had a five-year plan for bringing in will mm-hmm. right it took four years mm-hmm. you know he came in Kess, you know and uh we, we talked about it beforehand kes smartly prepared a set that had Will music that Will never rehearsed to. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And really we agree. simply went to Will and said could you introduce him on stage?
2: What's up Trinidad?
0: <laughs> now I'm so happy to be down here for Decibel. I had to bring this group on myself. The son of the soil. Your hometown boys! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up, give it up
1: for KESS!
0: And then KESS did it. Yes, yeah.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. KESS was like, no, 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 you can't leave my stage without mm. doing this. Do it, yeah, yeah. Right? And but I mean the fact is that, you know, uh those chances you take, those risks, those relationships that you build takes time and it takes mm. a lot of work. Mm. And you know, today we're in a position where we're hopeful that uh it will continue so that the music we've done it will be featured hopefully one day in a will smith film you know uh that that there will be those sort of of things that are are done but what what i want to let everyone understand is this most importantly Hmm. people are going to predict things your artist is he's the next one she's the next one they're going to the next big thing whatever right um but you have to keep in mind uh, that no matter what, when you do this thing, mm-hmm. understand that as a manager, all you can do is show your artists the door. They're the mm-hmm. ones who have to mm-hmm. step through it. That ain't you? You're not in the studio writing the song, no, 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 you know, putting the music together for them, right? You're not on the stage doing their moves, right, or or, or, or interacting with the crowd. So I can tell you, not just for Kes 4, not other artists that we have done that for. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it didn't transition to a global hit, I'm not losing sleep, yeah. right? I mean, I did what I could. Yeah, you, you, know you, what I mean? you showed them the door. They're so they, they now have to take it to that next level and you just have to be prepared to understand it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. But you know what? Make the best of it.
0: Simon, this has been... And absolutely, I want to I keep it keeps you in this cliche, eye-opening. It's been a real conversation because I appreciate what you're saying here. I'm appreciative also that you understand there's a kind of global perspective to the music industry. You also understand the reality of the global music industry vis-a-vis Caribbean artists and English-speaking Caribbean artists. More power to you. Um, I want to thank you for your time and thank you for being here.
2: Appreciate
0: it. Not a problem. Laura.
2: Yes, thank you, Simon, so much. We learned a lot. There's nothing I didn't know about. it. I you might but I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, just one last thing. I mean, thank you guys for doing this. This is really mm. important and, and, and much needed. Mm. But just one thing you were asking how they market the music and it's just in retrospect, but however you want to add this mm. in. Yeah, you'll go ahead. Um, uh, An A&R executive was telling me the other day that the, the greatest challenge the Caribbean has is that we are not on Spotify.
0: No, and none of
1: the digital. Well, these are only. I know in Trinidad, right? But the others are up. Say so right, no. Right, correct. Mm. And the only the, what they're doing now is they're sitting on their record labels, and they're listening to Spotify for their artists. They aren't going to clubs anymore
0: to discover them. All mm-hmm. right? they're they're doing it through Spotify and through the streaming services. So not through YouTube. I, I always understood that YouTube was a discovery channel for somebody. It used to be, uh-huh. but more so it's become these sort of streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, so are your platform. artists on Spotify? Well, I mean, getting on Spotify is not the problem, but, um, or is it? Well, well it, it's, it's that it's creating playlist, mm-hmm. right?
1: So uh, as in a uh, curated playlist, need to be, yes. be done. None of those things we're doing. Right. Well, so I read understand this. If, If that is the case and none of us are on Spotify, Mm -hmm. right, then guess what's happening? They're Mm -hmm. not going to know about us. They're not going to know about us. So keep that in mind. If you want to get out there, you're going to have to understand that we're going to have to do one of two things. We're going to have to find a way to convince them, Mm -hmm. however it is, to start being able to work within the Caribbean.
0: Caribbean, Central American, and Pacific. Uh, Digicel did it. And I looked at that and I said, that's probably a a way to go. We have to combine languages, but we're just one area. We have to figure out how that Mm -hmm. is
2: done. Otherwise, we are right now invisible to them. To the world, correct. And that is definitely something that we are going to discuss within the Soka sessions, the role of technology in helping yes. to market the music. Mm-hmm. But that's important. Simon, once again, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much, Simon. We appreciate it. You've been listening to Nigel Campbell. And I'm Laura Dowridge-Phillips, and this was Music Matters, the Caribbean
0: edition. Bye.